Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Maverick Mondays. I'm your host, Maverick Peters. It is my intention to change your life. I've had the incredible opportunity to sit down with some pretty fantastic people. The individuals who are successful in what they do or extremely positive minded in the way they live their daily lives, those are the people we will be hearing from on this show. Stay tuned for today's guest. Our guest today is David Anthony. David is a magician and hypnotist. He is Cleveland born and bred and is quickly becoming a household name. David shares with us today some of the secrets to success in the performance industry and how exactly hypnosis works. Um, David, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Welcome to the show. So let's get started off with how did you get into what you do? I got a magic kit when I was younger. And when most kids, they get a magic kit, they think to themselves, self, when I grow up, I want to become a magician. I always want to become a doctor, but my parents begged me to become a magician. Really? Yeah, no, not really. But yeah, <laughs> it was close. I mean, they're they're very supportive. Right. Mm-hmm. A lot of the the work that you see on stage is is the fun part for us, you know? And so we could get a phone call, let's say at like 10 o'clock at night, and we're like, oh, we need to go take care of stuff. So we'll, we'll be working till 1 a.m., you know, or 2 a.m. And then, so so it's it's long hours, and, you know, you're running your own business. Sure. Mm-hmm. And what was your biggest venue? Oh, um, we did... We did an amphitheater with about 1,200 people. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was outside, beautiful day, and we did our our full illusion show, and it was was a lot of fun, great audience. Mm -hmm. Is there any, was there anything you had to do that the general magician would never do to find success? Oh, good question. Uh, That's very interesting. (laughs) No, you know, I, I think it's, I think one of the hard things in no matter what you do is not to get discouraged. In the entertainment business, you do need a thick skin, you know, because especially early on, you you try to get book places and they would say no, you know. So it's it's just that persistence of, hey, we'll hit them next year or we'll do this. We'll go this avenue. And, you know, it's in whether it be the magicians, a comedian, a singer, you have to, in a sense, what we call pay the dues, meaning you have to play these venues or events that might not be the best you know, conditions, you know, your, your dressing room may be a, a bathroom or you're, you're getting changed in your car before the show. But, but you, you do those to get experience because every show you learn something from. Every show is a little different, whether it be the audience is a little different, you know, the, the venue is a little different, you're outside, inside. Mm-hmm. I think that, did that answer your question? Yeah. Okay. Um, what's an example of some things that you've learned from each show, like from one show to the next that you mm-hmm. picked up? I think, you know, there's different audiences. So there's some audiences that are really um, that's how responsive to to magic and and how and knowing how they are as an audience. You know, when we grow up, it's hard at first to know how to be an audience, right? We have to be trained to be an audience, how to listen, how to clap, and when to clap. So there's certain audiences that are maybe not so res- responsive to my magic. So when something happens, they could be sitting there in awe as some audiences are going crazy applauding you know it's like if i do a corporate event full of engineers they have that the mind where they want to figure it out 
So sometimes the, the response is a little different than if I'm just performing at a, at a theater for the public. Did you ever, you know, stop yourself and be like, there's this little aspect in performing that I didn't realize, I mean, way over my head. Did you ever have that feeling? And if you did, how'd you, how'd you resolve that? Yeah, you know, I, I don't think it was a feeling of um, way over my head. It was more along the lines of, is, do I really want to keep going? You know, and I, I think it more had to do with, you know, when you start traveling and when, you're, when you work most weekends and you have to miss certain things or, or when you have to miss birthday parties or, or whatever the case may be, that's hard sometimes. You know, and and I think some some people would would turn away and be like, you know, I can't do this now. It, it's too much stress or too much pressure. And there's been there's been times where it's been really stressful, you know, or we're we're prepping for a show where we're negotiating and it's been really stressful, but all that pays off when when you take that applause on stage, or that you know right. that final bow. It's like uh, it was all worth it. And so that final clap or the big standing ovation at the end, mm-hmm. that's what really pushed you. Yeah, yeah. And and not to mention, I, it, it's fun to see the reaction of the audience, you know. Or let's say to make a coin vanish in front of a, a kid who's never seen magic before. It's like to see their reaction makes it all worthwhile. All that hard work of practicing and, and you know, working on the craft makes it all worthwhile. And as an entertainer, as a magician, when when someone comes to my show, I want all the adults to feel like kids again. You know, because kids have a sense of wonder. Mm-hmm. And who do you look up to in, in that field? Oh, in the magic field? Yeah. Is there, do you have any role yeah. models? So I, I, when I was younger, I studied David Copperfield a lot. His style on stage, the way he moved, the way he, the choreography and, and all that. But, you know, I, I also look at other people other than just magicians. So I, I used to look at, and I still do, uh, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Fred Astaire, Red Skelton, and, and all those those big timers back in the day and how they looked, how they dressed, how they interacted with people. And, and so I looked a lot and studied a lot on them. And they, they kind of shaped my, my style on stage and, and how I am. When you, when, you, you know, when you say that you look to the, to the, to the greats, mm-hmm. right, and you try and mold yourself from them, yeah, yeah. how much of them is incorporated in you and how much of you is incorporated in you? Do you ever, you know, is, do you have your own signature stuff? Uh, as far as like trick wise, as far as trick wise, as far as your dress or yeah, yeah. So what I try to do is I try to mix the style of of those old, and I don't want to say old timers, but you know those those old stars, and I try to mix their style into a modern day twist, right? So for example, I'll, yeah, I'll wear a suit, but I'll wear a, a pocket square that pops more than what they would wear. Or if I'm in the college market, I'll wear you know, a V-neck with a sport coat, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it kind of has that, that same style, but give it a little modern twist sure. and, and even the tricks too. So to take it from a trick to a performance, there's different styles, right? You could do, you could vanish a coin, but if you put music to it, oh, it's, it's dramatic in one way, right? Or you could vanish a coin and say something funny and then it's a comedy trick. Right. So there's, there's different ways you could make it your own. Mm-hmm. Sure. You started off in magic. Correct. And then you kind of morphed into a magician and hypnotist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. what's that like? Okay, so uh, there's like two different avenues I take. I do magic shows and then I do hypnosis shows. Never together? Never together. And the reason for that is I don't want people thinking hypnosis is a trick because it's not. You know, hypnosis is, is real, happens, and it's not a trick. They're not, you know, playing along and, and stuff. So I keep it separate, right? Mm-hmm. And so a few years ago, maybe more than a few years ago now, 
I was I was with in, in Vegas with a producer and we were talking about magic and going through some things and he said you know you would make a, a great hypnotist so he, he was a hypnotist as well a Vegas hypnotist so I went and I studied with him for for multiple shows and we went over everything and then years ago I started doing hypnosis shows and now now I do hypnosis shows all over so I you know make people uh, forget their name lose their belly button you know, sure. do all that fun stuff. People are fascinated by hypnosis. Mm-hmm. I think maybe even more so than magic because mm-hmm. they know behind every magic is a trick. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. But hypnosis is a real psychological thing. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. So it's my understanding if, if you have a, a guest and they don't want to be hypnotized, it won't work on them. Right, right. So everyone could get hypnotized, right? So some people, it just takes longer than others. In fact, we all get hypnotized on a daily basis. Let's say we're sitting across from each other, like we are now, and you yawn, and then I yawn. That's like a visual hypnosis kind of thing, right? Really? I always thought yawning was just contagious. (laughs) Well, it is because it's your suggesting you know, to yawn. Right. It's like if you talk about yawning enough, and hopefully some of our listeners are starting to yawn right now because we're talking about it, that would be sweet, wouldn't it? Yeah. But uh, if hey, you talk about it enough. Real, real quick, hey, if you started yawning, I want you to tweet at me, all right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Tag me too, D'Anthony Magic, um, because that would be sweet. Uh, it's, you know, so it's it's stuff like that that we, we don't realize is hypnosis, but it actually is. It's just a form of it. And so everyone could get hypnotized. On stage, I bring up about 15 people, right? And I hypnotize them. And then I, I narrow it down to about six or seven that are really expressive. And, and it's not like the others weren't hypnotized per se. They just weren't as expressive as the, as the six or seven. And I'm just trying to create the best show I possibly can. So I want those guys up there because they're deeper in, in that level of hypnosis. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so... It, if that made sense. Yeah, that makes okay. sense. Do you use a pocket watch? No, <laughs> no, I don't. But but that is, you know, that's that's the image of a hypnosis that we think of in our heads, right? Or it's funny when I say when I tell people I'm a hypnotist, yeah, the eye contact just stops immediately, right. you know, because they're afraid they're going to be clucking like a chicken or something. Uh, but no, no pocket, no pocket watch. There's different ways to induct people, and in, in, induction means taking someone from that normal state to the hypnotic state. And on stage, I use what's called an eye fixation, where they where they fixate their their eye on something and then we just talk them into a deep state of relaxation because that's what hypnosis is it's a deep state of relaxation mm-hmm. and so you know like what would you have them fixate themselves on so i use a light bulb that kind of flickers okay yeah yeah it, it looks like one of those uh those old time light bulbs that but it but it, it moves and it's really hard to explain but it looks like it's going on and off okay um but it's it's not not as bright like the new you know, 60 watt ones because it doesn't sure. hurt your eyes. It just puts uh, your eyes able to focus on something, and which is nice because for the audience sitting down in the audience, the people sitting down in the audience are able to look at it too, and it kind of mm-hmm. keeps it entertaining. Okay, mm-hmm. that's very cool. Can you use hypnosis to help someone quit smoking? Yes, um, yes. I, I currently don't do hypnotherapy, okay. but it is a very real thing. That's what and, it's called. Yeah, hypnotherapy. And I've heard... Um, fantastic things come from, you know, whether it be quit smoking, whether it be uh, losing weight, uh, stress. It's it's a very real thing. Yeah. Currently, I, I don't do hypnotherapy. I just do it for entertainment purposes. And, and maybe down the line, I, I, I will start to do it for hip- hypnotherapy. But it's it's fantastic. Right. From you, what I hear. You could get you could become a doctor and a <laughs> yeah, like you were saying before. It's the only way I'm going to become a doctor. That's for right. sure. <laughs> right. And so Okay, so, you know, I was thinking about hypnosis, mm-hmm. you know, so the, the theme of the Maverick Mondays podcast mm-hmm. 
is, you know, we like to highlight someone's greatness or someone's positivity or someone's success and try and grow from it ourselves. Yeah. yeah. So can you use your hypnosis to help someone become more confident in life? Yes. Yes. And is that like, like you would have to hypnotize them every day? Is that one session? How would that work? You know, it depends and it depends how long you want it to, to stick. So in my show, actually, with all the volunteers on stage, the last thing I do with them before I wake them up and, and send them out back into the audience is I tell them I want to, them to imagine that there's an invisible ball of confidence floating in front of them. Right? You know, and then I want them to reach out with both hands and pull that invisible ball of confidence into them so much so that it now becomes a part of them. So then I say, if, if you need a little boost of confidence, whether it be a year from now, two weeks from now, a day from now, all they have to do is touch their chest, the center of their chest, and they will gain that confidence they need. You know, and, and that's my, in a sense, my gift to them. You know, whether I'm, I'm hoping it sticks. And, and I've heard good things, actually, from people who I've hypnotized. You know, and I, and I hear good things about it. And one of the, the craziest things was early on when I started doing hip, hypnosis and uh, comedy hypnosis shows, someone came up to me after the show and she said, I'm so glad my daughter was up on stage because she needs that little boost of confidence. You know, so at that point, I knew that, you know, I'm going to keep that in every show because you never know who's up on stage and you never know what they're going through and, and stuff. So that's great. Is there such a thing as self hypnosis? Did you ever try to hypnotize yourself? So I've never tried to hypnotize myself, uh, nor have I ever been hypnotized, um, to really? be honest. And, and I think I would have a hard time going into trance just because I'd be so focused on what the hypnotist is doing and yeah. how he's doing it, you know, right. and and I, I wish I could. I would be able to, to have the focus to be able to do it. Um, but I think I'd be thinking too much like that. But self-hypnosis is a thing. A lot of people use it to, to like fall asleep at night or to help with stress. In fact, I guess you could say all hypnosis is self-hypnosis because when they're up on stage, I'm just guiding them through, mm-hmm. you know, relaxation. So in a sense, they're hypnotizing themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. So they would be talking to themselves or they would be listening to something? Listen, uh, it could be both. Okay. So if for self-hypnosis, you could be listening to a DVD that walks you through this re- or a CD that walks you through this relaxation, right? Or you yourself can imagine, let's say, walking down steps and each step you get more relaxed and you go, you know, and, and you walk yourself through this relaxation. And then by the time you hit to the bottom, you're nice and relaxed in, in that in that state. Sure. Mm-hmm. What are your goals? Long-term goals. Yeah, absolutely. You know, goals are very important. Uh, Jim Carrey, the the famous comedian and movie star, when he was younger, he, what he did, he took an index card and wrote down a list of goals, folded it up and placed it in his wallet. And this is back when he was an amateur comedian. And one of those goals was to become a famous comedian. And that's where he's at today. So goals have I've been a huge part of my life pretty much since I started performing in my career. And so I did the same thing. I wrote down goals, folded it up, placed it in my wallet, and it's still there to this day. I carry it around with me because, you know, once you put goals into the atmosphere, in a sense, right, out there, it's a constant reminder of who you want to become, right? Because we know where we're at today, but it's all about who we want to become. So I guess my goal would be, uh, you know, to to tour different places, even more than what we already are. And we're, we're looking at getting into different markets right now, more of the casinos and more of the resorts and, and a lot more colleges. So I think, you know, short term are, is reaching those goals. And then long term, you know, it, it would become a household name, such as Copperfield. 
you know, when you think of a magician, Harry Houdini and David Copperfield and maybe Chris Angel, but to be a, to be a household name. Mm-hmm. For sure. To be able to walk into a place and you won't have to introduce yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah oh, right, right. David Anthony. Yeah, yeah, let's hope so. <laughs> you know, going back to the theme of the show, right? Mm-hmm. So Ma- the Maverick Mondays podcast, Mondays generally suck. Yeah, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've been there. I'm sure you've had that feeling where, you know, the weekend is great. Yep. And then comes Monday, it's back to the hustle, back to the grind. So you've had that feeling before. Oh, absolutely. And how mm-hmm. do you get through it? Yeah, so, you know, that's a, that's the tough part about running your own business is because no one's there to be like, hey, got to get this done. You know, like there's days when you wake up and you're like, oh, do I do I really want to contact those places or, you know, um, email those people? You know, it's whatever the case may be and you keep putting it off. But one of the things I do is I try to set like a to-do list, you know, and, and then also I think just just in general, um, me wanting to get better or expand, you know, and, and reach those goals that we talked about, like breaking into those different markets and stuff. I think that that's always in the back of my head, you know, and, and from an early age, it was, that's been the, that's been the drive for me. So I think that helps a lot, but there, there are rough days, man. Yeah. You know, it's like, or it's man, the couch and, and Netflix is looking good. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> what was, you know, what was the most difficult thing you've had to do? You know, I, I, I think going back to just not being able to do some things as far as um, missing some birthdays. I'm actually missing my sister graduate this Sunday. Um, I'm flying out to Costa Rica on this Sunday morning, and she graduates from John Carroll Sunday right. afternoon. So I'm actually missing that, and that's beating me up yeah. hardcore. You know, so, so stuff like that I think are the hardest things. And, and sometimes, you know, even holidays, we've worked, uh, we've worked a few holidays and it's been, it's rough, you know? Um, so I think that's the, that's the hardest thing on that level. The, one of the, I don't, can I tell you a story sure. when I first started doing magic? So I was, I was real young. I was doing, uh, like as I was a teenager and I was doing a show at a nursing home and <laughs> it was, it was like a talent show thing, you know, whatever. And I was doing this trick where I, I bring up an, an invisible ball, so there's nothing there, and I, and I make it a ball appear. Right? So at the time, I would go up to a few people in the front row and say, Here, "Do you feel the ball?" And you know, have them mime the feeling the ball. And I walked up to this woman in particularly, and she kept reaching for my hand but missing it, you know. And I look up, and the nurse behind her was like covering her eyes and saying, mouthing, "She can't see; she's blind." And I was like, oh, man, here I am asking a blind woman to see an invisible ball, you know? And that was like one of the first shows, a couple shows, you know, that was probably my third, fourth show. And I just look back to that time and I'm like, I'm surprised I'm still performing. You know, after something like that, it's like, oh, God, you know? Right. So. Well, hey, I mean, if there's anyone who can see something invisible, (laughs) it's going to be someone who can't see. (laughs) That's good. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, from everything you've learned and from, you know, you mentioned that, you know, you learn something from every time you oh, perform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So from everything you've learned and everything you've gathered, what advice do you have to give other people who might not necessarily have their direction in life or who might not be goal oriented mm-hmm. or who might not be positive? You know, you're a very positive person. Yeah. So from everything you've learned, what advice can you offer them? You know, I think just to keep keep that drive going, keep your, your de- determination and you know, when, when you're a kid, they say you could do whatever you want to. 
And, and I think it's, it's, it's a very real thing, especially in today's world. Who, who would have ever thought, you know, people could be making living playing a video game or, you know, whatever the case, something that was a hobby such as magic, I'm making a, making a living and career doing it. So I think no matter what your, your goal is or your dream or what you want to do, I think it's important not to let people, what they say, hinder that. Because you know where you want to go, right? And and sometimes when we hear negativity, we start to second guess ourselves. We can't second guess ourselves, whether it be a, a wrong decision or right decision. Yeah, we made a decision. We got to stick with that, you know. And in the person or the decision I made, I could change, right? Or or make another decision to to alter that path that I'm on. Sure. You know. And um, yeah. So I I think that's 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 it. And you know. Putting your future in good hands. I, there was this great quote. It was, it was I can't remember it verbatim, but it was along the lines of you know put your future in good hands, your own, because you are in charge of your future. You know, and whether yeah we we could be hit with an, someone blind in a show, right? But that didn't stop me from performing. Or we could be we could be told no, we're you, you, we're not going to have you at this venue, but that didn't stop me from contacting more. Sure. Mm-hmm. David Anthony, thank you so much for taking the time. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Each episode here on the Maverick Mondays podcast is about 30 minutes long. At the end of each episode, we briefly recap and highlight some of the important points discussed. What really struck me in my conversation with David Anthony was David didn't let the mishap with the blind lady or the big venues turning him down stop him from chasing his goals and ultimately achieving success. Here are some great takeaways from our conversation. One, stay disciplined. Two, sometimes it's the sacrifice that really separates the boys and girls from men and women. What are you willing to give up to make your dreams a reality? Three, working for yourself can be real hard, but you gotta stay focused. Four, set a daily, weekly, and monthly to-do list. Five, keep your desires in front of you at all times so that you always know what you're working towards. And six, put your future in good hands, your own. The next step is for you to do your part. We've heard some pretty great stuff being discussed on this episode of the Maverick Mondays podcast. However, those were just words and that was just a conversation that you heard. How do you grow from this podcast? How do you grow from this episode in particular? Listen to the episode, listen to it once, twice, maybe even three times. Take notes, pull out a pen and paper, your phone, your iPad, your laptop, whatever you want, however you feel comfortable taking notes. Pay close attention to the life lessons being discussed because there's a lot of them and there's a lot of good ones. It's these life lessons that will help you grow as a person. They will bring you success and they will teach you how to have a positive attitude throughout life, no matter what life throws at you. And ultimately, it's these lessons that will bring you comfort and motivation, even on the most unmotivating Monday. Thank you for joining us.